You're listening to episode 64 with John Gonzalez, Communications Director at the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. Neords, this episode is brought to you by Moonshot Missions. <laughs> this is Greg Wukash from the San Antonio Water System. Hey, need a brain explosion today? Hang on as you're about to be blown away listening to Water in Real Life with the H2 Duo. Hey, water nerds, what's your moonshot? George Hawkins, former chief executive of DC Water, is president and founder of Moonshot Missions. Moonshot is a nonprofit organization seeking to disrupt the current approach to delivering improvements to water systems. Led by seasoned and skilled experts, Moonshot Missions designs replicable models that help utilities overcome the challenges they face in order to move forward. Moonshot can help you assess your system, select solutions from a pre-vetted menu of projects, plus develop innovative financing approaches. You are not in this alone. Moonshot Missions will help you collaborate with other leaders to work together, develop tailored mission plans, and share lessons learned. Together, you can build water systems that work more efficiently and effectively to protect and provide for the residents you serve while also saving your customers money. If you'd like to learn more or even share your own experience that might be helpful for a struggling utility to adopt and start on a positive path, visit moonshotmissions.org or email george at moonshotmissions.org. We are super pumped about this interview for a few reasons. Not only did we get to interview the John G, a.k.a. John Gonzalez, a.k.a. Director of Communications at the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, a.k.a. Yards, but also this is the first time we have ever recorded a podcast interview with a live studio audience. And by studio, I mean the 70 attendees of Catalyst 2019 this past June in San Antonio. John's interview was actually one of our afternoon sessions. So if you don't already follow them at N-E-O-R-S-D, please pause, get on Twitter and follow them now. And if you don't have Twitter, er, press pause, get on Twitter, go to our handle at the underscore H2 duo and follow everyone we're following, aka Water Nerds Galore, and you'll have the dopest Twitter feed ever, hashtag guaranteed. Okay. Sorry, rabbit hole. Bottom line, at Njords is killing it on social media, and we wanted to talk to John about the path they took along with the time and patience it took to get to a trust level where they could bring it with timely, thoughtful, transparent interaction on social media like they have. So take notes on his 3S approach. Learn why it's important to address the elephant in the room, aka the potential, potential for negative comments, and learn why it's so important we understand that communicating with our customers, especially on the medium that never sleeps, takes commitment and strategy. Full disclosure, because authenticity is a core value of ours, we were so excited to record this interview that we forgot to hit record on Zoom. So you're coming in at the second question of the interview, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Um, can you talk to us about your three S approach, strategy, structure, and substance? Yeah. So it really applies to any aspect of communication, but it certainly applies to social specifically. So strategy, structure, and substance. When we say strategy, it means having an idea of what you want to do and having a goal that you want to move towards. Any organization should have a strategic plan. And I assume that a lot of your utilities who are, are present and represented here today have a strategic plan. Ask yourself, where does communication fit into that? 
And then once you have that framework, you can say, where does social media fit into my communication strategy and be able to develop an approach to get there? Uh, you have to understand what your ultimate goal is and, and how it's going to advance the goal of your utility, of your organization. So once you have that strategy in place and it can identify what you want to accomplish, then you have to develop that structure. What's the system you're going to put in place to manage your accounts, manage your content? Um, how often are you going to post? What type of activity are you going to post on, every, on any platform where you're active? What is your review process like? How many people are on your team? What are your, your sources of that content? Where are they coming from? Who are your experts? What time are you able to commit to that? Uh, what resources do you have at your disposal? Those are all structural conversations that help you to make sure you have a system in place to manage what the investment's going to be. Uh, lastly, it then comes down to substance. What is the content that really matters? Not just to you, you have goals you have to achieve, but if you want people to consume it, you've got to say, what content matters to my audience? What is going to give my content substance that will make them stop whenever they're scrolling on their phone blankly or mindlessly for however long, something has to be there for them to engage with and you have to know where they're coming from that, that is going to make them stop on the content you're posting to say, this is worth my time. Where does that substance come from? Maybe it's humor, maybe it's sentiment, maybe it's uh, blunt honesty, maybe it's speaking in the same tone that the platform uses and being comfortable in that, in that atmosphere. All of those things are, are contributors to the substance and if you can, can, can account for that as part of your planning, uh, it becomes one of those three uh, uh, legs of the stool, substance, strategy, and structure. They all go together, and if one of them isn't as strong as the others, you can, you'll notice an imbalance. You've got to find a way to, to have something of substance with your strategy and with a structure, and it'll all work together, hopefully, uh, for your benefit. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I've told, I don't know if everybody was familiar with y'all's Twitter feed before today, um, but if they're not, I can't wait for them to be scrolling through at our mixer afterwards and see kind of what we're talking about in terms of the creativity and the timeliness that, that you guys have. But, you know, even in 2019, I'm sure there's still folks in the room who are struggling with getting that buy-in from upper management in regards to social media. Like it scares them, even at the utilities management conference this past spring, um, there was a director of water utilities standing on the podium, not on the podium, but standing at the podium saying that social media was the devil. So how important is it for us to just own that risk and name the elephant in the room? I think that's where you have to start. You've got to have that conversation with your communications team or with the partners who are, are uh, trying to develop this presence that you may not already have understand where your management team is coming from. Have they been burned in the past? Have they put themselves at risk and don't know how to respond to it? Are they simply uh, not fully aware of how you can go about managing the risk and, and putting someone in place that can help to, to manage that content successfully? Uh, you've got to understand where they're coming from. And, and again, you want to understand your audience when you're developing content. Your first audience may be your management team. So the better you understand them, the better you can speak directly to the concerns they have and be able to formulate a framework that will address those concerns or balance the concerns with your ability to manage those risks and, and say, we recognize that there could be challenges here, but the payoff if you do it right is much greater and we have to, to be able to have that conversation. Know your team, start with your own team and have that conversation internally. And the more you can learn from those who are uh, either voices of dissent or voices of uh, simply a lack of awareness of the power of social media, it's good to understand where they are so that you can then meet them and say, this makes sense to me, but let me put it to you this way, or let me show you this connection, or maybe you haven't thought about it this way. 
Uh, and the more connections you can make with your organizational strategy or your communication strategy, each of those are advancements that can help you ultimately uh, make, get, make gains and be able to make the connection with what you want to achieve uh, with your organization. But you have to first know where you're going, understand where you could have those obstacles and be willing to, to face them and, and interact with them in a way that you can have a productive conversation. Hold on, this is hot in here, y'all. So people who aren't familiar you're with- doing social fine. You're doing a fine job, it seems. Oh, okay, good. People who aren't familiar with social media or maybe run with an older generation um, tend to think social media is easy and don't realize the time commitment it requires. So how can we best communicate that commitment to the gatekeepers? Well, I think if you consider that as one of those S's, make that one of your, uh, your structural conversations, uh, creativity does come at a cost. You have to be willing to put that time in and uh, do the planning and do the, the, the content production and be able to manage the, the platforms that where, you're, where you have your active presence. Um, it, it's a matter of determining where you want to go and what resources do you actually have to commit. You, this isn't an all or nothing game. You can pick and choose your platform that best suits your abilities, it best suits your audience, and engage with them in that area. But you do have to kind of be willing to, to engage on their terms a little bit and recognize where is that interaction going to reap the most benefits. It might not be during nine to five hours. It might be in the hours of 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. when people are getting off of work or coming, after, coming in after a day and, and just getting slowed down before their, uh, their evening activities. And so you have to kind of understand where they're at. Um, but yeah, there, there, are, there are time commitments that are worth talking about, but the more you can determine where you wanna be, you can then allocate your resources or determine what resources you can take advantage of uh, and be able to apply them more, uh, more efficiently. Well, I'm glad you talked about content development and the issue of sometimes when people are just starting out, they feel like they have to have a presence on every single platform that exists out there and you don't have to. So kind of as a follow-up to that, can you go into a little bit more about how do we as ourselves, the communicators, don't overcommit or get overwhelmed when we're just starting out once we get that approval? Yeah, I think it is trying to figure out how, how much are you willing to commit and determine where you may have the best, where you might be able to make the, the best gains early on. Uh, you mentioned that we have a, you appreciate our Twitter presence, uh, as do we. Twitter has been a great place for us to have those timely conversations, and we can use it to our benefit most effectively. We are active in other social platforms, obviously, but we do find our biggest uh, engagements on Twitter specifically. So find a platform you think you can manage most effectively and be present in that, in that platform, on that platform, in that atmosphere, with that voice, with that tone that best represents your agency, your organization, your utility. Uh, by doing that, you can not overcommit yourself. Don't think you have to be everything to everyone. Uh, just because you're present in one platform, that might be the best place for you. If you have the ability to manage six different accounts, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Snapchat, whatever the, the most current technology is, that's great, but don't overcommit and don't bite off more than you can chew because then you end up looking like you can't manage what you're doing. Uh, find, where, find a place to start if you don't already have a presence and then make the most of it. Uh, excel at it and, and it, it can work to your benefit if you know where your customers are and be able to engage with them in that area. I love that. Um, let's shift gears a little bit before we get into this lightning round we do. Um, Ohio is celebrating a big anniversary this year. Can you talk to us about the 50th anniversary of the Cuyahoga River Fire and how um, New York's is marking this momentous um, mo this milestone sure. in the history of water regulation. Yeah. Uh, 
the river fire story is that on June 22nd, 1969, the Cuyahoga River burned. Uh, Randy Newman has a song about it. There's, uh, there's beer named after the burning river. There's a, a tremendous story around that event. But what many people don't realize is it's not the only time the river burned. Uh, the river burned at least 13 times in its history. Uh, but, but there was something about June 22nd, 1969 that changed history, uh, both literally and figuratively. Uh, this uh, coming June 22nd marks 50 years since that event. And the Regional Sewer District was formed not long after that 69 fire. And we have taken uh, tremendous pride in the, the part that our utility has played in the river's rebirth. It has been a partnership with a lot of other agencies, a lot of other voices and people and programs that have helped make that possible. But the reality is that we take uh, a lot of ownership of the water quality improvements that have literally brought the Cuyahoga River back to life. It was assumed dead. It was presumed dead and announced as being dead leading up to that 1969 event. From 1969 on, life was brought back to that river. Our campaign for this year has been hashtag river reborn because the river's rebirth is a story worth telling, not only locally, but regionally and nationally. So as an organization, we've taken on that river reborn hashtag and that river reborn story to, to help people understand how far the environment has come. Uh, Locally here in the city of Cleveland, they have a Cuyahoga 50 celebration. So a lot of those celebrations are coming together this weekend to be able to celebrate progress, celebrate what has happened here locally with the Cuyahoga River, but more nationally with the environmental movement that has taken root since that event and really changed things for the better. Uh, an example is when it comes to fish and water quality, the Cuyahoga River identified two species of fish. Uh, whenever there was a 1968 survey done, two species. In our most recent surveys, we've identified 71 different species of fish that now reside and live healthfully in the Cuyahoga River. I mean, that, that's just one example of how improvements, how policies and programs and people working together can make a difference. And the way that the stars aligned in 1969 was an event unlike few others. And we've been able to uh, help to tell that story and make it something that's relevant to people, give it that substance to say, I never made that connection before, but now it makes sense and I can see the value of, uh, of making those commitments and, and paying off, uh, not just today, but for, for generations to come. Well, I love that you guys capitalized on that story and you didn't let it pass you by. And through, I mean, the list of partners that you have for this, the Chi for this celebration is just, it's unreal. It's amazing. Um, I believe it was someone from the mayor's office who came to speak about some of the things they were doing as well um, when at the NACWA Stratscom conference. So um, kudos to you and your team and everybody at New Orleans for real, I'm sorry, everyone at Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District for really taking the initiative and not letting that story and that opportunity pass by because that's, that's amazing. That's a great example of how we, um, we have to tell that story. But now we're gonna shift gears again. I'm gonna let Ariane kick off the lightning round. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Okay, what's your favorite book right now that you can recommend to us? Uh, actually, the, the book that I have found a lot of appreciation for is, uh, it's called The Big Necessity by Rose George. She was actually a guest. We actually welcomed her to speak about this book uh, not too long ago, a couple of years back. So the story really focuses on the importance of sanitation and sanitation around the world and how we often take it for granted and, and how we really need to recognize what difference sa proper sanitation has made for the health of the entire world. Uh, it's, it's come a long way, and a little bit of time has been around when you look at the, the grand scheme of things. Uh, but it's The Big Necessity by Rose George. Um, okay, so we're going to get to know you a little bit more. What's something you do every day that drives your productivity? 
I try to make lists and I think it's important to make your daily list and also have a weekly list of what you want to accomplish. So much comes at you over the course of a day. So the, the better you can be at achieving what you have set at the morning and making sure at the end of the day, you've at least checked a few things off that list. Uh, I, I try to make that a habit of mine and it's been successful uh, in most circumstances. <laughs> um, okay. So we ask this question of everyone. Um, a lot of times in our line of work as public educators, people working um, for public water utilities that are trying to drive behavior change, we have people that say, what difference does it make? If I make a change, I'm just one person. But we, of course, course wholeheartedly disagree with this because we believe that change can be contagious and that you never know who's watching and you never know who may inspire you. So what is the one call to action that you are most passionate about that you believe could ultimately change the world? I think authentic relationships matter. Uh, be true to who you are and recognize and, and recognize the value in the person that you're interacting with, whether it be at work or in your personal life. Uh, those authentic relationships will hold up over anything else. And if you, are, if you have that at the heart of what you're trying to accomplish, uh, you, you'll be able to find your common ground easy and recognize that, that both of you want to get something out of this relationship. And so how can we work for the betterment of each other and the betterment of the people around us? Okay. I love it. Thank you. Authentic. It's one of our core values. So we dig that answer. Um, so this is a new experience here for us doing this live podcast recording situation. But is there anyone in the room who wants to come up here in the hot seat and ask John a question about social media? Um, my name is Catherine Drury and I'm the education outreach coordinator at the High Plains Underground Water Conservation, Conservation District. Um, have you ever dealt with trolls and what do you do with them? Uh, we don't have, a, we, we do have individuals who disagree with our positions and we have individuals who are more vocal than others. And we welcome the engagements and unless someone is being obscene or profane, we'll take almost anybody who comes at us because those engagements are authentic. Uh, we've had people come at us with an angry tone. It turns out that with a couple follow-up tweets or a couple of uh, elements of conversation, it turns out that they either had a misunderstanding or they were unclear on our position or they didn't have a full understanding of what their, their initial comment was about. So uh, we'll certainly take anyone who comes at us as long as they're not being profane or, or discriminatory or offensive and try to engage them a bit as best we can. And what, what we have found though is, is sometimes some of our largest and most vocal detractors uh, end up being brought around or end up being discussed uh, amongst our followers. They'll actually post comments that are, are not our official voice, but the engagement is representative of the stories that we're trying to tell anyway. So if you have the right followers and you have the, uh, the following of people who understand where you're coming from, even if they don't uh, agree with you necessarily, that conversation can take place even without you being part of the dialogue. You might just be the reason they're talking, but the story that gets told is something that is, is uh, being told by a voice that's not yours directly. Hey, John, it's Samantha Villegas. Hey, I'm a consultant that helps um, water utilities engage with their stakeholders more effectively. And um, for some of the folks in the room that maybe don't follow you guys on Twitter or aren't on Twitter, can you give us a sample of what one of your tweets is, maybe one of your best tweets that had the best engagement? Can you tell us what that said? I don't like calling them out one by one. I mean, we, we what I try to tell people is that uh, Twitter matters because it's timely and Twitter matters because you can be in the moment. People are watching uh, TV and following events on multiple devices at any given time. So Twitter allows you to actually be part of the conversation and see what other people are talking about. And so I, I'm not going to call out one example necessarily, but 
Uh, we, we like to comment on big events like the Super Bowl. So we, we jump in on commercials. We'll have conversations about what the, what's going on in the game. If there's uh, media going on, whether it's uh, Avengers or Marvel or um, any political events that we feel are safe for us to comment in and comment on, we'll jump into the conversation and try to, try to align ourselves with whatever the trending topic is. Uh, it's not necessarily to say, hey, look at us, but the reality is water affects everybody. And if that's one way that we can help to make that connection for people, it actually does pay some benefits and, and humor goes a long way. So if, you, if you're able to, to balance that with, with the message you're trying to convey, uh, more power to you. Sweet. Oh, so what you're saying is um, you tweet like 100 times a day and yeah. so you can't pick one, basically. I, <laughs> I, do, I do probably tweet more than is healthy. Uh, I'll admit that. <laughs> But, uh, but, but again, I, I think I commented earlier that the fact is that it's not a, it's not a nine to five job to be, to be successful on a social platform. You've got to be willing to engage at all hours. And so I was, I was tweeting the other night at, at 1130 at night before I went to bed because something was on my mind and there was a relevant way of making the connection between our work and what, what I was thinking. So uh, when people are commenting at after hours, if you're willing to engage them right then and there, it, it helps to build your authenticity. It's building a real relationship with them. We have relationships with Twitter accounts all, all the time. People, people make a personal connection with social media. And so if you can, can establish that, that rapport with them, uh, that, that, that authentic connection actually does have a benefit and other people will talk about it. John, it's uh, Tom here from Imagine H2O. Um, so your account and by extension you is like really funny. Um, and it's rarer than it should be. Uh, I'm curious as to how you made your stakeholders comfortable with like genuinely going for like, like, act, like actual funny gags rather than on brand, you know, just normal dross that you, you see. I don't know if there's a one size fits all solution to tell people here's how you do it. It worked for us because uh, as was mentioned earlier, we, we built the relationship first. People could understand whenever I engage with somebody, whenever I specifically engage with somebody, it's like at a public meeting. You're going to be formal, but you also want to kind of talk, real talk with people. Uh, social is a place of real talk, sometimes not for the betterment of the conversation. But the reality is uh, people come to our social media or come to any social media to either be enter entertained or uh, to be uh, educated. Uh, and so you can, you can make that connection with people. And if you, if you have the relationship with, with your leadership and they say, we can trust you to be a spokesperson on this. We can trust you to tell the story of the organization. Uh, it does give you a little bit more freedom, but, but don't expect that to come overnight. You can't just flip a switch and say, this person can talk about whatever, whenever, and however they want to. If they trust the voice of the storyteller, then your audience can then trust your voice as well because uh, you're, you're serving both of those purposes uh, with, with whatever account you're managing. So Samantha asked the question of uh, your favorite tweet, and I know that I'd be trying to pick your favorite kid out of like 10 million kids, but because uh, you feel like you have 10 million tweets. But um, I think one of me and Arianne's favorite that I just thought was so bold and so awesome of you guys to do was the time that you screenshot two different comments that got left in like with a matter of minutes or something. And one was we're really paying people at the Northeast Ohio Sewer Regional or the Regional Sewer District to to do this, meaning your Twitter feed. And then I think literally five minutes later, the next comment was, "This is the most awesome Twitter feed ever." And I love that you like put those side by side. Do you, I, do you remember that post? I do, and, I, and that uh, that was a good one because it did it did recognize that that not every bit of content works for everybody. But yep. the reality is that the activity. Uh, literally works for just about everybody. 
And if they can trust that we're going to be responsive, or if they can trust that we're going to, um, uh, to engage with them in some way, we're, we're going to use the platform. And uh, so it's not necessarily a troll, but somebody does, we have a, we have a lot of people who ask questions, is this really your job? Uh, it's, it's part of my job. I'm a communications manager, so there's a lot of other internal and, and external obligations that we have. But, uh, but I take the, the responsibility seriously. And uh, I, I'm more than happy to tell people, yeah, we get paid for this among other things, but we appreciate you following us. Even if you don't like the content or you're questioning it, uh, you shared our content. So somebody that, that might, you might not have expected to respond to it may actually end up benefiting from something you shared uh, mocking us. I, I, don't, I don't mind that at all. Talk about us and we'll find a story to tell. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, we got one last question for you. Hi, Lori Lofton with Athens-Clarke County Water Conservation Office. And Neort has set such a high bar on Twitter. I worry that some people who might just be getting started see what you do and will feel like they can't reach that. Can you share with us how many people you have in your department who work on your social media and give some little baby steps and encouragement? Uh, right now, in terms of managing the accounts, I am the primary account manager for our, uh, for our social media. I have a colleague, Jen, who also has access so she can post in, in my absence or can post uh, as media is breaking or if significant events are, are drawing us in different directions. Uh, but when it comes to our social content, that's largely my responsibility. So it doesn't need to be a multiple person job. However, the, the content inspiration and your content resources do need to be spread out across your organization. I've got a great contact in customer service, a great contact in operations, a lot of contacts in our, at our treatment plants to be keeping me in the loop of what's going on. Great contacts in the field and say, this is a, we're on a project site now, or out at the sewer, or look at this manhole, or check out what I just saw underground. And being able to understand that you can get content from all those sources and then being able to, to, to process in a way that says, okay, how can I make this relevant to our customers, relevant to our followers? Uh, so you do have to have a lot of good connections and relationships that you can, can draw from and inspire them and make them want to share their stories with you. Because the more stories you can tell about your team, about the people who are doing the work that, that most people will never understand and never see face-to-face, -face, uh, those are great ways to build rapport and to build those to build your authenticity and the value with your team members and show them, I want to tell your story. Let me, let me tell that story with you and for you uh, for the betterment of, of the work that we're doing and for the connections we can make with our customers. Uh, so it's, you, can, you can do it with one person, but you have to recognize it does take up time and find out how you can best utilize the resources at your disposal uh, to maximize your investment. Well, John, I know you are incredibly busy with all of uh, your, your Cuyahoga River Reborn projects and, and events that you have going on. So I truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to our group. Um, I know that when we spoke, everything that you said was, I felt very important for, for everyone to hear. So thanks for taking the time out and speaking with us today. Thank you. Best to all of you. I appreciate it. All right. Yay! We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes by signing up for the Water Nerd newsletter found at the h2duo.com forward slash newsletter. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore h2duo. We share all of our new episodes there as well as in the newsletter. So whether we come across your feed or in your inbox, be sure to share episodes with your friends, family, colleagues, fellow water nerds. Help us spread the word. We hope you learned something new today, got a little inspired, or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says. Those who tell the stories rule the world.